about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to this week's program. This program is called All In With The Lord, and we're talking about different issues that come up in our lives that cause us to want to be stronger with the Lord, not run from Him, but run to Him. And every day today, as we live in a time where things seem a little out of control at times, and uh, the world is preaching gloom and doom, the gospel of Jesus Christ continues to shine as the one and only place that you can know that you know that you know that Jesus, our Lord, went to the cross for you and I to deliver us from every evil of this present world. Well, my name is Art Cardos, and every week we gather together to talk about more of the same more of how to get closer to the Lord, more of how to utilize His Word, not just take it for granted, and not just to read it once or twice, but to actually use it as a tool, because it is given to us as a powerful tool. Do you know that God has established His Word as the foundation of all that He is? and that he has released billions of angels into this earth to carry out his word and to see to it that every word that he spoke will come to pass. That's right, come to pass, if it's picked up and implemented by a believer. Now, his word never returns void. The reason he can say that is he put in place a system that guarantees it. And those angels that he created, the function and purpose of those angels is to watch over every word. And each one of us, because each one of us has at least one angel assigned. Now, some of those angels might be bored out of their gourd, depending on who they're assigned to, or very frustrated if the Word of God is never coming out of your mouth, because the Word of God is what activates them. The Word of God is what commands them. They cannot move on your words. Only when you take God's Word and implement it as a command into the earth, do the angels that were created to fulfill those words come into play? So, there may be some angels that are hanging out waiting <clears throat> for that day when you're going to do that. And in the meantime, they might be assisting other angels because they're bored. Let's not let them be bored. Let's get God's Word in our mouth. And let's use God's Word to change the outcomes of everyday situations. So how do you live everyday situations? How is your life going? Do you wake up every day and wonder how you feel? Wake up and wait to see how you feel to determine the kind of day it's going to be? Or do you wake up already knowing that this is the day that the Lord has made 
and we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. That's a command. Are you doing that? Are you wanting to do that? So God is at work within us, every one of us. You might take the uh, take and say, I know people that don't believe in God what's at all. Uh, they are uh, what we call atheists or whatever, but I guarantee you, he's talking to everyone. They may be resisting it, and they may say, no, I don't believe that stuff. But I guarantee you, the Holy Spirit and our Lord is working on all of them. And you might be someone who's going to take the word to one of those people. You just never know when God's going to send you into a situation that you didn't count on. And all of a sudden, people have questions. And you, if you studied the word, will have the answers. So let's start out reading 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9 through 24. This is the New King James Version. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus the Christ, who died for us, that whether we are awake or asleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify each other, just as you are doing. So let me read that again, and let's tear it apart and see how it works for today before we go to the next one, the next verse. But for God did not appoint us to wrath. Okay, well, wrath can mean several different things, but he didn't appoint us to be mad, upset. He didn't get a, he appointed us, and once you accept Jesus, you're appointed as an ambassador of Christ. We are appointed to bring peace, remember, not wrath, to obtain salvation. So, do you know that you are totally redeemed, totally redeemed from any payment that you would have to make should judgment come today for any sin you ever committed? Do you realize that? that you have obtained complete payment through Jesus the Christ, that he actually paid your bill. He actually paid your price. So if you go into a restaurant today, and this happened to me, by the way, a couple weeks ago, and I had a breakfast meal, and I went to pay. I wanted to get the bill from the waitress, and she said, oh, no, the gentleman to your right, paid for your breakfast. And I had just met this gentleman, talked to him for about, I don't know, 15 minutes maybe. And the next thing I know, he bought me breakfast. Didn't know it. He didn't tell me. He just went ahead and did it. And then when I went to get my bills, the waitress said, no, there is no payment due. Now, I could have said, I don't believe that. Are you kidding me? That's the first thing you think of, right? Are you kidding me? I never met this guy before. And this man sat down and bought me breakfast. I was at a sitting at the bar type thing. 
you know, because the tables were kind of waiting in line type things, and there was a seat at the end of the counter, so I took that. And this gentleman paid. Now, if I said, I don't believe he paid, give me the bill again. And let's say she did give me the bill again, because I insisted that he didn't pay. Then if I insisted that he didn't pay, and I went to the counter and paid again, they might have taken the money, but I would have been paying for something that was already paid for, instead of just enjoying the blessing of knowing that God sent someone to buy me breakfast. Now, I didn't need someone to buy me breakfast, but it was sure a blessing to be blessed like that. And if that has ever happened to you, you know what I'm talking about. Somebody just, now some days you might say, well, I wish somebody would pay for my breakfast because you didn't maybe have enough with you. But in this case, that wasn't the case. But God decided to send this man to buy me breakfast. And I had a good conversation with the man, the whole thing. But the bottom line is, Jesus paid for our sins. He paid for them. And if you go and say, no, I don't believe that, I will not take that payment as real. I am going to insist on paying for my own sins. Wow, you're a better person than I am because I don't want to have to pay for that. I don't, when it comes to judgment, you want mercy, not judgment, because judgment has to be absolute and just. God is all just. He is all just. Judgment must be executed. So the God who rules the universe, the great alien I like to talk about that created you and everything, who rules the universe has to be absolute, just, and absolutely carry it out. So when you come before that judge, that judge says, well, the penalty for this is this, period. Now, as a believer, you come before the judge, and the penalty for sin is, in whichever sin, but whatever, is death. And an exclusion from being in heaven, and you can't get there. So, how does that get reconciled? Jesus paid the bill. And if you have accepted him and his righteousness that he paid the bill, then you come before the judge and you say, I am guilty. This is the bill. But Jesus paid for me. And the judge says, is that true? To the record keeper. And the record keeper says, it is, sir. He says, fine. Case dismissed. You are forgiven. That, my friends, is what you want to be going through when you meet the judge of the universe. God is not going to bend a rule. He's not going to change a rule to get you in. But he has provided a way for you to get in. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to take it or not take it?
yeah, you deserve the, the worst. But, man, what criminal wouldn't like a second chance? I mean, there are some who probably go back and do the same thing. But what criminal wouldn't love a second chance knowing they did something really stupid? And I just, if I got another chance, you know, and here we are given chance after chance because of Jesus, the Christ, who died for us, that whether we are awake or sleep, we should live together with him. That means if you go to sleep and you're having nightmares, or you can't sleep, or you can't rest, Jesus is he's in us. Once you accept him and put him in there, he is traveling with you. But you have to bring consciousness to that. You have to bring yourself to a point where you say, yes, I know he is traveling with me. And I am going to always be mindful that Jesus, the king of the universe, is inside of my life living with me each and every second of my life. That makes you want to be a better person, not trying to get away with sin, but wanting to live for Christ because he did this for you. Once you grasp the severity of what's going on around you, you know, the, the sin in this world is happening, no doubt. But there are the invisible places that you can't see. There are the quantum fields, the quantum subatomic structures that you cannot see, but yet they exist. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not true. Otherwise, I'm sitting in a chair. A chair without the atoms holding it together wouldn't be there. Or they might be there today, not tomorrow. And you can change the atomic structure of this chair if you throw it in a fire. Because the fire is vibrating at a higher frequency that disassembles it and causes it to change into different atoms, a different frequency, a different vibration. So all things are vibrating at the same frequency, causing them to stay together. And so are you. And so we need to understand that just because you can't see it doesn't mean it ain't so, right? You need to wake up and see everything that's going on around you. But we have been given a second chance and a third chance and an ongoing. When we repent, we come under the blood. But initially, you have to first accept the fact that the blood does what he said it would do. That's God's Word. First there was the Word, then the Word became flesh, then the Word dwelt among us, became flesh, died for us, paid the price, went back to heaven, seated at the right hand of God, and the Word is in us. The Word Jesus, He is the Word in us. We also have the written Word, which is the Bible, the Word of God, which you and I go back to and we use as the reading tool, the standard, to recalibrate and reset ourselves every day. If you don't, if you listen to the media or the news or whoever, you recognize nobody knows what's going on. And today, everything goes. You can do anything you want. Matter of fact, 
you're not even sure if you're a man or a woman, and there's not a judge alive, going for office anyway, that will tell you what is the definition of a man or a woman. They're afraid. Why are they afraid? Because they may offend someone. Well, I guarantee you, God's Word probably offends people, certain people, because it's pretty absolutely true. That doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. That just means he's not going to change the rules of the universe to fit yours. Just because you think you're the God over this planet or over your life, you are the God over your life because you've been given free will. However, that free will, if not used right, can help you to choose where you're going to spend eternity. There's not one person ever that is going to stop living just when they leave their body. Your soul, your mind, your spirit was created to live for eternity. It cannot be shut off. It cannot be shut off. Therefore, it will continue to live. Where you spend eternity, however, is a whole different ballgame. You are choosing life or death, blessing or cursing. You're making that choice. So today, as always, we're talking about how to put into your life the difference that will cause you to have eternal life with where you, and, and have it more abundantly, have a, gr a great life. Therefore, it says, comfort each other and edify one another. Comfort each other. Edify one another. Don't beat up each other. Church, listen to me. I'm talking to you. Don't, don't gossip. Don't beat members up. Don't talk about what they're doing wrong. If you're in a church that's doing that, straighten it out. You need to comfort each other and edify each other. Just, you know, keep on doing it. If you're doing it, keep on doing it. That's what you need to do. Now, what happens, people, you know, judge people all the time. Somebody new comes into a church or you meet somebody new, you're judging them by the way they look, by the way they talk, everything. It's a judgment. However, as a Christian... You need to forgive. You need to forgive them. And you need to not be judging them on what you see, but judging them on the fact that they're inside of them is Jesus the Christ, if they've accepted him. And forgive them. Forgive them. I don't care if they've talked ugly to you. I don't care if they stole from you. I don't care what it is. If you don't walk in forgiveness... You're having your your own life is going to have problems, and I'll explain that as we go. And we urge you, brethren, this is verse twelve, to recognize those who labor among you, and who are over you in the Lord, and those who admonish you, help you to grow, and to esteem them very highly, in love, in love, for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. The greatest of all these is to be in peace. You got to be in peace. 
And if you're not, if your life is not a peaceful life, you are out of the will of God, out of sync with vibrations, out of sync. You, I mean, I hear people say, yeah, we're using the law of attraction. And then there's no peace in their life. Don't tell me you're attracting anything good because I'll tell you right now, that's not how the law works. The law says you will attract what's in your heart. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If there's no peace in there, you're attracting more of what you are. You're attracting more of the same. You are all upset and caring and you can't get over a certain thing. <clears throat> if you don't surrender that to the Lord every day, if you don't go when you go to sleep and talk to him and, and get rid of that and cast your care on him, you'll attract more of the same. Law of attraction works, guaranteed. Guar agree with anybody who says it works. I agree. But peace, that's what we're about. Love, peace, mercy. Oh, yeah. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly. You need to warn them. If they're unruly, even in gossiping, anywhere, you need to warn them and say, look, the Word of God is going to come back on you in a way you don't want it. Comfort the faint-hearted. There are some that just faint at the, at the thought of life because it's too much for them. Comfort them. Don't put them down. Don't say they're weak. Comfort them. Uphold the weak. Matter of fact, come alongside of them and help them get strong and be patient with all. You, we need to stop being judgmental and be the most patient, loving, caring people, upholding the weak and the faint-hearted. So don't judge, or you will be judged. You don't want to be judged. Remember, we talked about that. The all-just judge would have to judge you if you start judging others. But take Jesus. Now, you can't. You take Jesus, and you say, well, I'm forgiven. But then I turn over here, and I start judging the people all around me. Hey, you've been given a free gift. Pass it along. Give the same free gift to those around you. Forgive them, just as your heavenly Father forgave you. You know, um, He came to show us how to live. He came to show us how to love. He came to show us how to orchestrate our life. When you begin to accept his forgiveness, and you say, man, I'm free. My sins are forgiven. But so-and-so over there, man, they keep sinning all the time. Urge them not to, but love them. Lift them up. Don't condemn them. Certainly don't gossip about them. And don't put them down. Because with the same measure you use to judge them, now God has forced to use that same measure to judge you. Do you want to be judged? In verse 16, it says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let's just say do you wake up in the morning rejoicing? Or you wake up saying, I wonder what's going to hit me today. I'm waiting for the other shoe to fall. I don't know what to do. When you do that, you are literally giving life through your words and thoughts to the quantum world, 
to bring on you more of what you don't want. When you wake up rejoicing and praising God and thanking Him for life itself, you will find you'll bring on more of the same. Life and happiness and rejoicing and reasons to rejoice. So for those who wake up broke, busted, sick, and disgusted and continue to do that on a regular basis, I guarantee you, you will attract more of the same. It's the way it works. Pray without ceasing. What does that mean? How can you pray without ceasing? Well, I thought a lot about this one. And I I tell you right now, without an organized system for this, you won't do it. So you have to make a, a quality decision. A quality decision that says pray always. Now, how do you pray always? Because there are places in the Bible that says we don't even know how to pray, right? So how do we do that? How do we pray always? How do we um, unceasingly pray? What we do, for what I do, is first of all decide what I'm praying for and who I'm praying for. People come across our path all the time and say, would you pray for me? Well, I take that seriously, and if I'm going to actually do that, I'll make sure I get their name and what the prayer's for, who I know that knows them or however this happened, write it down. I'll even put a date and a time on that, and then I will register that in my prayer log. And I have a pretty sophisticated prayer log. And now they have become a part of a serious prayer effort. Now, once I have that log and the prayers, I submit that to the Lord every day. And then all through the day, as I'm remembering that prayer log, or today, you can put that on a memory stick also, stick it in your pocket, and just reach in your pocket every now and then, touch it, and remember that it's there. And just thank Him that those prayers are already answered. Pray unceasingly. Or pray in the Spirit. Just pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. You don't know how to pray? Rejoice. I don't know how to do that, Art. Okay. You can. Just start praising God. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Praise God. And He'll show you how to pray in the Spirit. It's really easy. But pray unceasingly. It's all day, pray without ceasing. Now, does that mean you're, you're going to think all day you're praying? No. But you put your body in a, a mode where it wants to rejoice and pray versus judge and be sad. Because people I know, I mean, man, there's people I know when they call me, I, it takes at least 10 minutes to find out what they're thinking what they feel, what everything, because they, they don't, you don't know every, any given day, you don't know where they're going to be. Are they going to be up? Or are they going to be down? And it might take five minutes of talking to them before they're at a level where you can actually talk. That's a sad thing. So we need to rejoice always. Okay? And rejoice is what I mean. Now, we're about to go to break, but we need to give thanks for this is the will of God. Are you giving thanks? And if you don't know what to give thanks for, write down a list of everything God has done for you. And give thanks. for. If it's only one or two things you can find, write them down 
and every day give thanks. Father, thank you. Thank you for the car I'm driving, even if it's 50 years old. I don't know. But just thank you that I have a car and I don't have to walk. Thank you for the food you give, gave me today, even if I don't have the money to fully pay for everything and I borrowed. Forgive me, love me, and I will love you back and I will rejoice. Now let's go to break. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Broadcasting live from historic West Norriton Township. This is AM 1180. AM 1180. WFYL. King of Prussia. Philadelphia. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. Hey, we're back, and we're talking about Jesus as our Lord. What does that mean, and how do we get closer to Him, and how do we allow Him to take over our life? I mean, take it over. You know, let Him be the captain. Let Him tell you when to turn the wheel. Let Him show you where to go. You'll like that a whole lot more than you thinking you have to figure out everything on your own. The Holy Spirit's just waiting for that opportunity. Why don't you let him? Let him do that. You know, we live our lives in a very fast-paced way. And right now, and these I call last days, and I do mean last days, before the return of Jesus, there's a great opportunity for all of us as Christians to be incredibly blessed as a demonstration of God's power in spite of all that's going wrong. And there are those that are doing things to this country and all on and on and on that are not of God. But there are those like you and I who want to serve the Lord, then he wants, he's looking for an opportunity to show you off. But in order to do that, you have to take his word and be serious about it. This is no joke. This is not a Sunday once a week get together. This is not a once a week radio get together, a TV get together, whatever you're watching this on or hearing it on. This is an absolute, positively a plan of God to show off the body of Christ. And we're, get, we're right in the middle of it. We're right there. This day, this day, you say, what do I have to rejoice in? This day. God is looking for ways to bless you. He was looking for ways to bless you since you were born. Matter of fact, he was looking for ways to bless you before you were made and put into the earth. Because before you were brought into this earth being born, God, in the beginning, knew you. And he was out to bless you. He started with Adam. Adam lost the blessing. 
Jesus came back, got the blessing back. Second Adam, that's what the Bible calls him, Jesus, the second Adam. However, you got to stop eating bad fruit. You have got to stop eating off of the tree that Adam ate from, which caused him to fall. So everybody started eating from Adam on, was getting their information from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now we got to stop that. You got to stop that. You got to go back to the tree of life, which was right in the middle. And all they had to do was just not eat from one tree, just eat from the other. And so do you. Every day when you turn on that TV or you turn on the radio or YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or wherever, where are you eating fruit from? What tree? Are you listening to other people that are broke, busted, sick, and disgusted? Are you listening to other people that have it all figured out and how to get mad at other people, to divide the culture, to change the culture, to, um, to cause racial problems? What is it that you're doing that you think is not a big deal, but you're feeding off of the wrong tree? You've got it. There's only one tree of life. It is the Word of God. And Jesus is the face of God that, to us. Okay? And we who have accepted Him need to turn to Him and the power of the Holy Spirit to fill us with all the answers to what we need. I guarantee you, if you do a simple plan of just no, if you have questions like, what am I supposed to do? Should I be selling this house? Should I be buying that house? Should I be buying this car? Should I be doing this? Write down your questions and say, Father, today I have these questions about my life. Should I help my child do this? Or should they, are they going to the right school? What, you know, whatever the, I don't care what the question is, write it down and go to the Lord and ask him for the answer. Then take 15, 20 minutes, and pray in the Spirit. If you don't know how to pray in the Spirit, just sit there for 15 minutes and thank God for everything He's done for you. I guarantee you, He will visit with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for, for the day. Thank you for the money. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my family. Thank you for the cars. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you even for all the mistakes I've made because I'm a better person because of that. Thank you. Praise you. Worship you. I praise you. I thank you. Do that. Not for 30 seconds. Do it on purpose for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Pray in the Spirit. God will show you how. I don't have that gift. Or, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You just aren't using it. But start by praising the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, you may not have the gift of prophecy, okay? But you can still pray in the Spirit. And you can just let yourself rejoice. If you don't rejoice in the Lord at least five minutes a day for all your life, your breath, the oxygen. I don't I don't know what to tell you. And you might have accepted Jesus, but I'm not sure what your where your love is. What do you love? If you if you work for someone and go to work, they're gonna tell you how many hours you gotta be there, whether you like it or not. And you will put in the hours if you want to get paid. What about with Jesus? Are you giving him five minutes? Are you rejoicing for five, ten, fifteen? How about an hour? Whoa, what's that all about? I'm telling you, you want to change your life, change what you're doing. The Lord will change it for you. That's the best part. He's in you. Remember, whether you're awake or asleep, He's in you. 
and he wants to change everything around you. If you will simply do a simple thing, rejoice, stop complaining, stop acting stupid. Yes, stupid. Get the word, put it first place, thank him, praise him, worship him, and watch what happens. Well, I'll tell you. And then in verse 19, I'm still on the same scripture we started with. It was uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 through 9 through 25, chapter 5, verse 9 through 24. It says, do not quench the spirit. Don't quench it. What does that mean? So the spirit of God starts talking to you, or you start getting a revelation, or you think, oh, I just thought of something. Where do you think that came from? Oh, I never thought of that before. Where do you think that came from? Don't quench it. Don't suffocate it. Don't put it down and say, well, that can't be right. I never, I don't even know. I'm afraid to even think about it. Don't quench it. Let it have free reign. Don't despise prophecies. If God gives you one, take it. And don't despise it. Test all things. That's what it says. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Goes without saying, right? Abstain. Just don't do it. Take yourself and say, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do evil. I am a servant of the Lord, and I want his full power at work in my life. He wants to turn up the power. Will you let him? Will you let him turn up the power? Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord, the Christ, Jesus the Christ, who, who he who calls you is faithful, and he, he will do it. I'm going to read that again, because this is powerful stuff, and people read over it and move on. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify, sanctify, clean you up. Once you've accepted Jesus and once you take some time to rejoice and praise him, he starts the process of cleaning you up to get you what you want and sanctify you completely. He's going to not stop that process. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord. How's it going to be blameless? How does that happen? It happens because Jesus is in you and his righteousness, and you've accepted him to pay for your bill. So you are blameless because the bill has been paid. As long as you keep him in your heart. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Now, maybe you've heard this said before, but he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus developing that work and bringing it to full completion. So you see it's possible to live as a powerful overcomer in this kingdom because Jesus is in you. Now listen, God's plan is to have you be blessed. When you come to a point where you've accepted him, now he can begin. His whole goal in all that he's done is to get you to accept him as Lord, but then to grow in that. But he does the work. So all these different thoughts you're having and all these different things that are happening in your life are orchestrated by him. Once you've accepted him into your life, a whole new strategy and plan goes into effect. A whole new strategy and plan where he begins to work out the circumstances and situations 
so that all things work together for good for those who trust him. But you have to trust him because I know people who continually want to do it their way. They just keep wanting to do it their way. And it's their way or the highway, right? So I don't know what to tell you about that, but I'll tell you that Jesus' way is a lot easier. He wants to bless you and, uh, and, and keep you in all of his, your ways, but keep you in his way as well. Faithful and absolutely trustworthy is he who is calling you. You can trust the Lord. And he will do it. He will fulfill his call in you. You may think you have, you know, come up with a new set of goals, but they're really God's goals and he's put them in your heart. You may even be afraid to take a step in that direction because they might be bigger than you want or think you can do. But God has a plan. He will fulfill his call by making you holy, guarding you, watching over you, and protecting you as his own. All you have to do is accept Jesus in for real and just say, Lord, take over my life and do something with it. And if you get up every day and say that, if that's all you say, Lord, take my life and do something with it today, you'd be amazed at that simple act of surrender, how God Almighty will bring you to completion. And every day will change. Every day. I'm going to read here from 2 Corinthians 10, verse 1 through 4. And this is Paul, and this is the Amplified Bible. Now I, Paul, urge you by the gentleness and graciousness of the Christ, the Anointed One, who I who am meek, when I am I who am meek, when you face to face, but bold, outspoken, and fearless to you when absent, I ask that when I do come, I will not be driven to the boldness that I intend to show. So Paul's saying, I can be very bold about the word, but I'd rather be gentle. I'd rather use gentleness. Don't make me. (laughs) You ever hear anybody say, don't make me have to straighten you out. Don't make me have to be bold. Sometimes on the radio here, on this program, on TV, I'm very bold and very, you know, don't make me have to do that. That's what he's saying. Let's do this in gentleness. Let's discuss the Lord uh, gently. And I ask that when I do come, I will not be driven to boldness that I intend to show towards those who regard us as walking in the flesh. So, for those, for though we walk in the flesh as mortal men, we are not carrying on our spiritual warfare according to the flesh and using the weapons of man. The weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. So he's saying, when I come to you to give to your church, or when I come to talk to you, don't make me use boldness. Let's do this in a gentle fashion, because we shouldn't be fighting back and forth in a debate. God's word is God's word. We should love one another gently. And um, and our warfare is not against each other. And that's where the church, I, I think there's a lot of churches that still need to figure this out. There should not be members warring against members. You should be loving one another gently, uplifting, upholding, building up, comforting, and doing it all in the name of our Lord. In 2 Corinthians uh, 10, verse 5 and 6, it says, We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. 
and we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ, being ready to punish every act of disobedience. When your own, when your own obedience as a church is complete. I'm going to read that one more time. We are destroying sophisticated arguments. Every week, oh, I, I'll bow, you know, I'm, this is thou, and this is what God said, and God wants it to be done this way. Sophisticated arguments. You know, there was nothing, there's nothing sophisticated about a person in pain or hurting. God saying, stop arguing. So like you're some, uh, I don't know, uh, educated, you know, uh, whatever guru, you know, and be, be, you know, equally linked up with the person who's hurting so that you can lift them up. Talk to them in plain English. Stop acting sophisticated and exalted and proud. Like, oh, well, if, I'm sorry you're such a sinner. I stopped sinning many years ago when I accepted Jesus, and I live a very holier-than-thou life. Oh, cut me a break. Boy, are you, pride is sticking out of your ears if you're talking like that. You know, everybody is a You're sinning every day. You're sinning probably when you go to sleep. If you go to sleep and you're fearing something or, or your cares are running through your brain, anything apart from faith is sin, my friend. Period. The end. So if you go to bed worrying about people, you're sinning. That is a sin, period. Only way out of it is under the blood of Jesus, and now you are under that blood. Your God's mercy forgives you, but it's sin. So don't be acting like you're better than someone. And that happens in churches, out of churches. Oh my gosh, it's just nuts. People are crazy. Their pride is out in front of their brain. And so when the purpose... Um, through the thought and person. Thoughts come through our minds. Put them into captivity. That's what he's saying. And purpose, captive to the obedience of Christ. We're going to take every thought that tries to make us get outside of the Word, and we're going to put it into captivity of the Anointed One, Jesus, being ready to punish every act of disobedience. What? In other people? No. In yourself. Punish disobedience in yourself. How do you do that? By replacing it with God's love and mercy and word. And when your own obedience as a church is complete, then you can judge, then you can go ahead and, and feel better about yourself. But not until you get the, what does it say, before you take the splinter out of your brother's eye, take the, the plank out of your own. You're working on the plank, church. You're working on the plank. Forget about the splinter you see and everybody else. Get the plank out of your own. You know, when you get the plank out of your own, there's nothing left to judge. You just want to love because you recognize the mercy and grace of God is so severe. It's so intense. It's so wonderful that God so loved you. He sent Jesus to pay your bill at the restaurant, your bill at the restaurant of earth. He took care of it. Oh, boy. So let's see here what we got for the next... Scripture, we have enough time to go do another one, I think. Ephesians 3.20 Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, um, God is able to do it all. And this is the biggest thing that he's been. He's, I've been just thinking about a lot. When you accept Jesus into your life, I accept them, you accept them. You used your faith to do, you could not, say Jesus is Lord 
except by faith. But once you do that and Jesus enters into you, we're now using his faith for everything we're praying for. We're not using our faith. Your faith just believes he's doing it. You can do that. That's a doable thing. So our faith in the fact that Jesus is in us, his faith to get what you're praying for. Doesn't that make more sense? And the new covenant is something that's between God and Jesus. Jesus fulfilled the law and they formed the new covenant. And you can't break it because it's between God and Jesus, not between God and you. God forbid it's between you and God because you'd break it. You can't break it. It's between God and Jesus. So it's Jesus in you that causes you to benefit from the new covenant. It is a blood covenant. All of Jesus's blood is what it took to get you and I forever saved. And we need to understand that it's his faith in us that's doing the work. Just believe he's doing it. If you're in a situation where you keep failing and falling down, just believe, don't worry, repent and believe Jesus is doing the work in you. He'll bring you to a place where you will be free of that sin. But it may not be the way you think, and it may not be when you think. But in the meantime, he will love you all the way through, and his mercy and grace will last forever. You don't have to be concerned if you have Jesus in your heart. So don't run from him. If you're living in a life that others might call sin, don't run from God. Run to him. Don't worry. He'll fix it. He'll turn it around. And it may not be the same day. You may fall back over and over. He who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus. He'll bring you to full completion. Just keep rejoicing. Keep serving God. Keep believing that God is in you. Keep believing. And I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care what the the rest of the world is saying. It's Jesus who went to the cross for you. Oh, yeah. And all you have to do is invite him in and say, do the work. Do the work. I'm going to do my best to let you do the work. I'll, I, I can't promise. I can't promise that I can do anything more than let you do the work. I remember the one day the Lord said to me, Art, you never were more than you are, even when you thought you were. In other words, we get very bold and we say, I'll never do that again. What are you talking about? And the next thing you know, you're doing it again. A good good point of that is a diet, right? I'll never eat that again. I'm going to stay over here and eat this only good stuff. And the next thing you know, what are you doing? You're eating the thing you shouldn't eat. But it's God who is all the while within you that's changing you. You're more, every time, every time that process happens, you're getting stronger. Letting patience have its perfect work, you will lack nothing. That's God's word. So we need to take God's word, put it to work. And here in John 15, 1 and 2, it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Jesus is saying he's the vine. He's growing. You ever see a vine growing? Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. So I don't have a lot of time left, but I'm just going to tell you that he's the vine, we're the branches. We're growing. Now, it says here, if it doesn't bear fruit, he tucks it away. But what he really does, he's pruning it, right? He's cutting cutting it. He's never going to let it die. He's just getting it ready to produce fruit. And by taking it away, what it means is, don't worry. You can't produce fruit yet. I got your back. I got your back. I'm going to take care of you until you can. 
<coughs> and then all of a sudden, that branch begins to produce. And it produces on its own because the vine dresser has worked on it and worked on it and worked on it till finally it starts producing fruit. God isn't looking for a way to get at you, to hurt you. He's looking for a way to get the blessing back to you. So the vine might right now have a lot of bad fruit. And what that, when, you know, he's just going to keep working it, keep working it. He's got your back. He'll get you through the times where you bear zero fruit. Somehow you'll know God carried you, Jesus carried you, even through the worst times, even through times that weren't what you needed them to be, okay? So just remember, God is the vine dresser. He is dressing you. He is building you. He is delivering you. He is in there doing the work. And I, I'm out of time pretty much, but here in Romans 14, 15, receive one who is weak in the faith, but do not dispute over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, and but one who is weak only eats vegetables. Like, don't fight over stuff. If somebody's weak in the faith and they can't believe what you're telling them, comfort them. Come alongside of them. Uplift them. Uphold the weak. And over time, just as God has had, you know how much patience God's had with you? Have more patience with others. Love them as Christ loved the church. God has given us as much love and peace and joy. He's given us every opportunity to live our life and be forgiven. We are to do the same with each other. And that goes for politicians. That goes for everybody. Live the way Jesus told you. Your whole life will change. Doesn't matter what's going on around you. God is going to bless you. He's going to bless you. A thousand might fall at your side, 10,000 at your right, but it will not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, for you made the Lord God, even the Most High, your habitation. That's what we're to do. Psalm 91. So we're out of time. Um, I hope the message was clear that you got something out of this. But the message is, let the Lord do the work. Invite Him in, keep Him in, rejoice, change your life, pray in the Spirit, write it down, and watch God bring miracles every day into your life. Have a great week. It's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time.